Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Cariad Lloyd. Griefcast is a place to talk, share and laugh about the peculiar human process of death and grief. Each week I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to Griefcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Griefsters. I hope you're having an okay week. Today was very sunny in London, and that was very nice after much rain, and I... (laughs) Like the old lady that I am, I did some planting and planted my seeds out finally. And um, I find it extremely helpful for my mental health. Although when I do talk about it, I do think I sound... (laughs) I don't want this to turn into Gardener's Question Time because that's a great show and I don't want to cross over. What I'm saying is, I hope wherever you are, that the things you're planting are growing and you are feeling okay about what is happening. That's okay as we can be in these still very strange times. Thank you so much for listening um, to me ramble on. I really do appreciate it. This week I'm talking to actor and writer Angus Imry. Uh, you may recognise Angus as Prince Edward from The Crown or Jake from Fleabag or he may be a super cool cat like me and recognise him as Josh Archer from The Archers on Radio 4. Um, Angus is a fantastic, brilliant actor who has also very recently written a play which is coming out on the 4th of June uh, from Creation Theatre. The play is called Homeward Bound. Uh, it's his debut play and it's a heartwarming and light-hearted drama. The plot examines a brother and sister's attempt to appropriately and respectfully scatter their father's ashes. Um, so it's a really interesting concept. It's a play he's written for audio, but also the amazing illustrator Lucy Jollo has done pictures to go with it. And you can download the whole thing from the Creation Theatre website for just £5. That's www.creationtheatre.co.uk. And then the idea is to find ways of dealing with what's happening in a light-hearted fun way but in a way that's sort of away from screens is what creation theater have been have been working from um and it's a beautiful really lovely charming play and features himself and some other archers actors as well um i'll give more details at the end angus came to talk to me about his dad the actor benjamin whitrow who passed away four years ago 
So Angus, who are we remembering today? Uh, we're remembering my dad, um, Benjamin Whitrow, who died in 2017. So, um, yeah, it's, not you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's a peculiar one. It feels so recent, but also when I think about how long ago that is, mm. it's um, a significant amount of time. But um, yeah, it does still feel recent. So is that four years ago, roughly? Yeah. Yeah. September it was. September. Yeah, that's tricky. That's a tricky time because, um, as we say on the show, like one and two, people sort of still give you a bit of space. They're like, oh, yeah, that's just died. Right. Three and four, they're like, oh, still going on about it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, still banging on about that. Oh, right. <laughs> and then by five, and five is quite, I think five's quite hard because it feels like a sort of chunky number five. And by five, right. often a lot of people are like, oh, wow, really? still a thing and um, <laughs> so I think four is hard because it's like it's not yeah it, yeah it, like you said it's recent and not recent at exactly the same time mm. and are you having this I mean I'm having this 20 plus years that because we've just been through such a strange thing and like yeah. he, you know he missed it in, in you know inverted commas but yeah. that's a terrible way of explaining it but like are you having that slight like oh god he went just before this thing happened to the world and they didn't know about it yeah, that's a weird one. He was a great um, catastrophizer. Is that a word? You it know, is, yeah, like yeah. my dad. He 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 constantly thought we were on the brink of, you know, destruction. I mean, I remember being in the car once with him, and we were on our way to spend Christmas with some family, and he said to me, um, "Well, at least we can have this Christmas." <laughs> and I said, "What do you mean? What do you mean, Dad?" Uh, and he said, "There won't be another like this. Why not?" state of the world he said to me right <laughs> he really really was a doomster like that and so he, i think he always thought something like this was around the corner yeah, you know? yeah. and i think he would have been rather smug about you know the fact that he predicted it somehow i said um, i did say <laughs> yeah yeah he really would have but you know there is a weird thing of being quite relieved in a way that mm. he didn't have to go through it you know he he lived on his own and i spent a lot of time with him but you know it's it's with 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 the situation as it has been over this last year you don't know what could have happened so yeah. th there's a mixed feeling about being glad or not glad if, yeah if it's weird it, isn't yeah. it it's it's just a I guess it's just you everybody sort of checks in with like wow they didn't know that happened and like yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, I'm a catastrophizer, so I have like terrible anxiety. Really? Yeah, and I, I've got better. I've got better. Thera thank you, thank you, therapy. And right. um, but like when it happened, yeah, I was definitely like, I mean, I knew, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of knew something bad was gonna happen. <laughs> like you're, you, that's the weird thing about anxiety is like most most days it's really annoying because nothing happens, but the day something yeah. does happen, you're like yes like right you're, you're prepared you're so prepared you're so prepared yeah. like those first few weeks i was definitely like when other people were kind of like oh my i was like yeah 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 this is what this is what we all knew was gonna happen but then afterwards really? you're like oh i still feel awful <laughs> i'm still having to go through it despite thinking yeah. i was prepared it didn't save me in any way um yeah. so what did benjamin what did your dad die of well um he had a fall mm. um he had a fall and you know bumped his head badly and so there was complications with that. There was a bleed on the brain, and um, yeah, so it was it was very sudden, really. Yeah. But we we he'd been very ill that previous year. He was um, as well as being a catastrophizer, he was 
um, a big self-diagnoser oh, of his okay. um, illnesses. Yeah, right? yeah. And, you know, he had some kind of cough or something and he got it in his head that he needed to cough it up, you mm. know. And I'd be with him and he'd be, you know, hacking, hacking away in the, in the loo. And I'd be like, Dad, you really don't need to cough like that. Anyway, he, it did cause like a problem with his lung, all this mm. vigorous coughing. He got this terrible bruising and he had to go into hospital for quite a prolonged period of time earlier that year in February. And, you know, he did come out of hospital and he was okay again, mm. but he was much, much more frail than he right, had been. Right, yeah, yeah. So we were familiar with, you know, being in hospital with him and, and considering the future, I guess. And so, although when he did have that fall, it was a terrible shock, it, I suppose we we had been... We'd had the experience of being in hospital with him earlier that year. Yeah. Um, and he was more frail. But, yeah, there's there's never a good way, is there? But How old was, was he? If you don't mind me 80. He turned 80. 80 in hospital earlier that year. And there was, the nurses were unbelievable. I mean, you know, everybody says they are, but they you just can't believe how extraordinary they are at the NHS. And um, they brought him a massive birthday cake, you know. And he was very frail and he on his 80th but he he got to his feet and gave them all around the applause he was so happy um, yeah it was lovely oh that's so sweet yeah that's hard isn't it that's because uh, you know it doesn't matter what age someone is oh, we've said this before on the show mm. once that door closes that's a really different scenario and I think we can all yeah. be you know I know friends who have had elderly parents or you know who'll be like oh no I thought I was oh, you know, my dad is old, I am aware of that, you know. But it's different when somebody, when you finally get the news and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. now I have to deal with that fact and not being like, again, this idea of preparedness, that you can be prepared for something. You sort of can, but you can't at exactly the same time. Yeah, definitely not. So did you just get a phone call to say... Well, it was very peculiar, that the circumstances around it. I mean, so when he was in hospital, I'd been at drama school and I, I'd visit him almost every day. I'd cycle straight to the hospital spend time with him but then he came out for a number of months and he was you know in good spirits and he came to see some of my shows and we spent we went to galleries together and we spent a lot of time together and then yeah I was I was at home and my mum was away and I, weirdly I was reading a passage do you know the book A Little Life I've um, heard of it but I haven't read it I know it's yeah one that makes it's you bore your eyes out <laughs> that's all I know it does yeah, yeah. Um, but there's an extraordinary section quite early on in the book which is just talking about grief and actually the narrator Howard in, in that section says you know I'm not going to write anything about grief because it's all been said before mm. but there's a little description about how he sees he thinks he sees his son mm. all the time you know and he he just walking along the road oh I saw him there or I saw him another time and they're t different people and very different living very different lives but he's imagining what he could have been you know and I was reading that out on the phone to my girlfriend when I got the call from my mum and she had been told by my brother just that he'd had a fall anyway I went straight to the hospital and he what's peculiar is my dad had been quite lucid you know he was the one who made the call to the ambulance right, yeah, yeah. and had been shouting to the neighbours you know but by the time I got to the hospital, he um, he was, you know, unconscious mm. and had, nev had never regained consciousness. So, and I saw my brother in the hospital and then I went to stay the night with him that night. And then the next morning we sort of gathered in the hospital and we had the decision, I suppose, uh, about taking the life support off mm. um, type thing. So it was, it was 
more drawn out than an immediate yeah. um, end. It was very strange that night at my brother's. I'll never forget. I, I slept on his um, on his sofa and we had a beer, you know, that night. It was quite late. And I just caught this sight of my brother suddenly looking so like my dad. It was just, it was as if he was there. It was such an extraordinary moment. You know, something about the light. He just looked exactly like my dad. But yeah, in, in a way it was... We, it was nice to be able to gather yeah, together yeah. and be there for the moment. I know, um, and I've listened a lot on your podcast about that moment of someone dying, mm. whether the family want to be there, whether the person who's dying want the family yeah, to be there. Yeah. But it, I felt it was important to, although death is grisly, you know, you you feel this sense of, I don't know, I, some people might not, and but I wanted to. I wanted to somehow be there for him and also try and take on something mm. of him as he died, you know, if I could continue something of his life. I don't know what it was, but you're, you're, you're searching for something beyond the corp, corporeal, aren't you? Yeah. You're searching for something else. Yeah, so it, me and my brother were there the moment that we took off the life support. Um, yeah. God, that's a very, um, like you said, it, it's hard to describe, isn't it? Because it's a sort of precious moment, but precious sort of implies like a joyful moment. But it's like, it's not right. joyful isn't right, is it? But it's precious to be able to be there for your dad in that way. You just go through so many different stages, don't you? Because mm. you say joyful, and I don't think that's a wrong, mm. you know, precious. And I, th- I think they they can that can be it, because even in... it's during that time you have these depths of true like misery that Mm. you don't know whether you'll ever recover you don't even know whether you'll be able to breathe because you're so you're so um grief stricken but somehow on the flip side of that you can take heart from you know being there and and you can take some joy and then suddenly you're back down it's this extraordinary uh, mixture and extraordinary mm. deep wells and then coming back up isn't it I yeah think. I think it's hard because it's like that rational part of your brain is like it's just expecting misery so I think yeah. when that happens we never question it we're like yeah someone's dying I feel awful yes correct mm. when any other emotion appears you're like oh what's that <laughs> what's this yeah, but that is yeah. that is grief that is grief and death or it's like you said it's this mixture it's this wave it's all of these things wrapped up in one but we sort of question the bits that feel precious or joyful or you take heart in them you're like is that right am I supposed to be but if, yeah any human experience is never one thing it's never all bad or yeah. all good it's just so mixed up so I think that's nice that, you know it's nice that you were able to be there for him and you wanted to be there I guess that's the thing yeah. isn't it like you said some people yeah. don't want to some people who are dying don't want them but oh, clearly that was what worked for all of you is your brother older yeah I mean technically he's my half brother right. but you know we think of each other as brother and it's brought us very close and uh, yes he's he's older than me yeah about 18 years older so you were able to be there with him which is yeah as you said something you, you felt really important I think that's a really nice phrase you're using gather I think that's so weird isn't it it's like what is that like this human need to like gather everybody and like you said it's not yeah. something that it's not something that someone this, this is what you should do when someone dies you need to do this it's like you just know innately like gather gather the people that are important Absolutely. like and we must all be around them it's such a weird like um instinct really isn't it rather than any rational decision absolutely i'm so happy that 
there was, you know, a gathering mm. around him and we were there for each other um, at the hospital. But also, I, I, I wish and I think, you know, if I go through something like this again, I, I think more, more people, <laughs> you know, I think that like, we have this peculiar, I think in the immediate aftermath, we were all together as a family, but then... But then what? Then you think, oh, well, I just need to be with my family. I just mm. need some time or something. That's I, I found myself coming out with these cliches that I thought were appropriate somehow. Yeah. But actually, the more people I could have been surrounded by, I think the better. You know, I, I was talking to um, Carol, who's my brother's partner, and she's comes from Ireland, you know, and she was saying that, when we were all back in the house afterwards, she was saying, oh, by now there'd be a wake, the yeah. whole house would be filled with people, tea would be sloshing, biscuits would... You know, people you've never met would be there. And maybe I'm being naive, but I think somehow being surrounded by people feels more... feels like a... a, a um, better, or, or it feels like a, a way to to remember them better and, and, and find those rituals which I think connect us and, and help us deal with things and I think that in the absence of those it, it becomes a bit harder to, to mm. deal with things by yourself so yeah I think I, I really think that that gathering even if it's people that you don't know the more that people can be around and tell stories because that was the thing that meant the most to me was when I'd hear stories about my yeah. dad that I'd never heard before Quite soon after he died, um, I went and stayed with a friend of mine in Edinburgh called Jack. And Jack's mum, Carrie, um, we had a really lovely stay in Edinburgh together and we went hiking and things. Um, and as I left, she was dropping me off in, at the station in the car. And she said, um, your relationship with him will grow and grow. And I went, OK, <laughs> thanks for that. Whatever. He's dead. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Um, but I could not believe yeah. how right that was, you know, because first when he died, I w the thing that devastated me so much was I couldn't bear every day that passed was a day further away from him. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just that really, really um, got to me um, and I was terrified of losing the memories of him and the stories. But she was right suddenly when you're remembering him with other people they're telling you things which add to your mm. experiences with him somehow they they it does grow and I, I just thought it was an amazingly insightful thing that she said yeah it's funny because I think when 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 you you know you, you're right in the aftermath <laughs> you know people yeah. say stuff you're like what the fuck <laughs> like yeah but then yeah. it takes time especially if someone is older then you're like oh i see they, yeah. they've lived through things but when you're younger <laughs> like what is the thing what but i think it's really hard when um because you're in relationship to that person as you know you were a son and a father and son that was a relationship mm. and i think sometimes people don't realize that these stories are gold dust because they start making you know you build this sort of circle of a person so you've got this relationship yeah. one this little part of the pie chart of like which is dad and then yeah. they're giving you like colleague or friend or brother or all this other stuff and you're like oh i can i can just it makes them more real suddenly because they're not there to yeah. be real like anything that's like oh i feel like an and anecdotes are so 
precious aren't they because it's like you feel like you can sort of put your hand on a bit of them that you didn't know kind of thing it's like they suddenly are a bit more visual mm. or a bit more there or visceral I don't know what it is and um yeah it's so lovely hearing those stories and like you said I guess it's such a common thing that people do suddenly come together and suddenly share stories and all these hilarious stories come out about someone which I do always think why not so much when they're alive? <laughs> Why do we all have to gather right. now and share all these brilliant I know, stories? I know. Why were we alive? It's so we're not rude, just like, isn't it? hey, we've got all these great stories. But um, sure, it's still great. It happens. So yeah, the idea of the relationship growing, and the other thing you said, which I really relate to, is that idea that there's this like you're on a linear timeline, and so when yeah. they die, it's like that's the day, that's the marker that you're like being dragged away from, and every day yeah. you're like, get me yeah. back get me back so that's where they were yeah. that's when I knew them that's when they knew me like and that's really that's a really hard thing to reconcile with because that's time <laughs> like you can't yeah. fight time and so it's like really that's a, a definitely a big sort of big human thing I had to sort of yeah find a peace with of like there's nothing I can do about that there's literally nothing like mm. I think you can gather more anecdotes you can find more things you can remember but just going away from them is just like yeah it's just part of grief and that process of sort of learning to deal with it do you still think about that now four years on are you still kind of aware of like where he was and where you are the days passing yeah. since i mean i think so it's it's so weird at the times i think about him the i dream about him all the time i don't know whether you have that experience but like and that's a very peculiar thing because you know, it's somehow it's your subconscious. Mm. And, and what's horrible is whenever you dream about them, they're always alive. Yeah, of yeah, course. yeah. Because you can't really, I mean, it, you know, so, so, so then you, you really do kid yourself. Every time I have a dream, there's been a, oh, there's been a big mistake. I'm so relieved that <laughs> I, you know, like, it's so weird. Everyone's thought <laughs> you were dead, <laughs> but you're here. I'm so happy. What is this bigger misunderstanding? Yeah. And there'll always be some sort of explanation. So it's always like it, you come crashing back down to earth and then, you know, when you wake up. And that's the thing that makes me reflect. And like, and having his things as well, um, I I really like having some of his things and that, that's a constant reminder. Of, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, the thing is though, I, I miss him for my sake, mm. not for his sake, you know. I, I, it's, that's for me to deal with. I'm not, I know that... Um, he wouldn't feel like he needed to carry on living and living mm. and living, you know? So there is some peace in that, I think. To, to I think in the immediate aftermath, when your grief is really, really powerful, you can't get beyond your feeling. Mm. But I think now that four years are on, although I'm still desperately sad, it doesn't mean that I've found that, because I know that he wouldn't want to have carried on, 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 mm. on. Um, it's okay. It's just for me to deal with, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah, no, it does totally. And I think that's a, I don't know, that's the right word, but I think it's healthy that you kind of reach yeah, a place yeah. where you're like, this is about me. I would like him, them here. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not how the world works. And yeah, that is this sort of weird, I mean, I say like come to a peace with it, which I think sometimes might sound unfair, but I mean, obviously I'm 20 plus years, so sort of have to eventually come to a piece of it but I do yeah I think you sort of and that's what people mean when they say time heals time heals is such a stupid phrase it doesn't mean anything yeah. but what they do what the truth behind it like all good cliches 
is that like you know hindsight and the further you get away you do sort of get a get better at accepting things i think that's it just takes longer to accept things and then you can say like i think what you're saying this is about me like i would like him here but that's not yeah that's not what happened and that's okay and that's okay and actually for him that's okay yeah were you still at drama school when he died then i just graduated graduated. i was it was it was peculiar he he was working when he died he was um playing john betchman in a Radio 4 um, programme. Um, yeah, if you don't know, your dad was an incredible actor. Like, and yeah, he was I'm, great. Obviously, I'm, like, this, is my, this is probably not his best, not his best work, as in like, a, what's the word, like a cliched point of call, but like, I do a show called Ostentatious. So I've oh, watched yeah. a lot of Jane Austen adaptations. And of course your dad was, I suddenly doubt myself, but not right, Mr. Bennett. Yeah. In, oh, yeah. in the best Jane Austen adaptation has ever been, I will stand by that <laughs> by law. Um, but yeah, he was an amazing actor. So credit, so he was still working even at that age. Yeah, I mean, he it, a radio was, I suppose, yeah. the right level. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was playing John Betjeman, who he adored, um, and uh, they look quite similar. Actually, I can see that. Yeah, they're not dissimilar. <laughs> yeah. and so. It was it was cruel that I mean in a way it's you know rather nice to to be be cut off in the middle of your work you know yeah yeah but, um, yeah that was very special actually on Christmas Day that year it was aired um, that show and so we all we were in um, we were having a Christmas um, in a hotel actually that year and uh, we all gathered uh, gathered again you know to listen to it live Aww. on the radio. Um, which was really special. Um, that's so and, nice. Yeah, that's sort of like he really, was there really at Christmas. Special. Like that's like yeah. Wow. It was extraordinary. Yeah, to hear his moment. voice was and that very strange as well. After months of not hearing it, very strange. Yeah. And he was. Um, it's you know from this medium what an intimate. I mean, I adore radio and I adore audio mediums, and I just think it's such an intimate. Mm. Um, way to communicate and that felt you know the absolute height of it um more so i think than if we'd seen him on screen yeah 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 his voice right there um and he was there were real mannerisms his own mannerisms in in his performance that were just beautiful that were so recognizable little laughs or little moments yeah it was it was a special time actually to listen to that god that is a really um strange loop of you know that it happened on christmas day as well that you know yeah. <laughs> like of all the days it was where the, radio that's when it was aired, yeah. yeah to sit there and listen to him on that year god that must have been extraordinary what a strange experience um so you just graduated yeah and i was i was filming at the time oh okay and i think i was due in the next day it was my first week on a job wow um called the kid who would be king and um you know, I've been preparing for it for a long time and then this was the first week I think I'd had... Had I had my first day? I don't think I had, you know. Maybe I had. Maybe I'd had just my first day mm. and then this happened and, you know, I just called up and said, I'm sorry, I won't, I won't be in today or tomorrow. I, I think... I think, But I did go back in that week, which was, you know... I, d- I just... I think I didn't know what else yeah. to do, you know. Um but you're carrying a, a strange something into work with you, you know, it's it's like, um, yeah, but it was nice to be with people, to be at work, to um, 
carry on with that journey I think at the time yeah I th- I, it's funny I was just thinking like I've spoken to a lot of performers who've been mm. like oh then I went and did a gig I went and did a thing and really? I think but I'm also thinking when I speak to <laughs> normal people um they'll often say things like oh I went back to my job you know like it, yeah, I think it's yeah, quite yeah. common because like you said I think like it almost goes back to what we we're talking about of like because we don't have a lot of like rituals or ceremonies sometimes it's like what else are you gonna do just sit there and stare at the telly mm-hmm. like so you kind of just do things I mean I went and did like my GCSEs like two weeks after my dad died and mm-hmm. I remember people sort of being like well do you want to and I was like well what what else am I gonna like what else am I gonna do like yeah. all my friends are doing that thing I should be doing that thing it'd almost be an effort not to go and do that thing like that would take thought and I yeah, think that's the thing yeah. especially if you've got a job booked you're like well I'd have to think about what I would do instead yeah and then yeah. I would be thinking about them and that they've died so yeah it gives you that sort of place to direct stuff and I know a lot of people I've spoken to this year that's been a big one of the hard things they haven't had the, the distraction of work you know they've been at right. home and you know maybe they've been working from home but obviously it's not the same as like you get on the tube or you get in a picked up for a job and you go into hair and makeup and all these people talk to you and it's just kind of like mm. like you said you're kind of carried through the day slightly but um I think sometimes we worry like oh should I have done that but actually, I, what what is the other option <laughs> like, well I don't know what the right answer is really yeah. I think that I think it is a shame that we lack yeah. those those rituals those things that you feel like your ancestors might have done to remember <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're dead you know like uh it, it's weird that drive what you said what else will I do yeah that drive to do something was so strong in my experience and um I've written a little play um called Homeward Bound which is going to be audio as well mm. and my drive to write that was to try and explore the fact that you're constantly doing something mm in the absence of anything else. So I remember when we got back um, home after he died, you know, immediately we were ringing up to sort of register the death or uh, speak to someone about, you know, writing an obituary for him or, um, you know, perhaps we should go to his house and, and, and start clearing through the things. You know, immediately it was this drive to do, 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 mm. do, because I think we didn't have anything else to cling on to. We didn't have any um, ceremony or to 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 perform you know it was just this this sort of need in us to try and accomplish the admin or accomplish the tasks that were waiting yeah yeah it was way too soon to start doing (laughs) i think that's so common that people like get they get straight in it like for like Mm. two weeks and then it sort of hits them about it and then they and everything slows down because they're like what am i doing but that is such a common thing and i wonder like does it come like does it come from like you couldn't save them so like there's this energy of like i wanted to, i wanted to that not to happen so what can i do oh i can wow, ring okay. someone i could do like i don't know i don't know but it feels like it's like this energy of like even though that like you said somebody is you're fully aware like that's what's got to happen that's okay again that rational side of your brain is like yes they are mm. dying that's it there's nothing i could have done but there's another part of you that's like no <laughs> something that shouldn't have happened that's not okay yeah. what can i fix right I tell you what I can do I can ring the funeral and I think not everyone reacts like that obviously some people just you know collapse into a heap or some people stop speaking mm-hmm. there's all different ways to react and you know neither is wrong but yeah I think it comes from this urge to kind of somehow make it okay make it okay that they're gone I think that's a really 
generous way of looking at it. <laughs> that's, an, that's amazing. I'd never thought of it like that. I mean, I could be really wrong. <laughs> no, I'll wait for my email sounds... from the psychotherapist being like, carry on, that's not how people work. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I sometimes get, um, carry on, what you said on episode? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not quali- I'm not qualified. Um, just having a chat. Just having a chat. Just having a chat. Give me up random advice. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. When did you start writing the play then? Was that this year? No, it was, I think it, well, it, it came from a couple of things. I think I, I wrote it, started writing it a couple of years ago, but it's just been on and off, you mm. know, for quite a long time and has only started to really crystallise, you know, in my mind recently. It came from, first of all, that drive to do, do, yeah, do, yeah. and not have anything else to cling to, no rituals. And it also came from the scattering of my dad's ashes, which was a, you know, truncated, strange thing where um, that Christmas when we'd been at the hotel and we'd listened to him on the radio, we'd brought in a a yoghurt pot (laughs) a little portion of his ashes to go and scatter um, on Queen's Lane near some of the theatres in the West End that he'd performed at. And um, it was late at night by the time we did this. And, you know, you can imagine, like, it was one of those bucket <laughs> pots, right? Yes. It was so uh, surreal and strange. And, you know, out we all went and we sort of tossed his ashes. And in my head, I thought that it would just kind of disappear somehow. Yeah, beautifully. Air, you know, the ashes. It would just go. But, of course, there were these you know masses of tourists every year it was christmas day and we were just sort of shoveling this ashes all across the street outside <laughs> the theater where um on shaftesbury avenue you know <laughs> where les mis is on oh yeah, yeah and uh and people were sort of you know treading all over it and it was just this really peculiar um <laughs> situation it wasn't romantic in any way and you know my sister was getting very upset about the fact that people were just suddenly treading all over him you know it really wasn't how we'd envisaged it (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it was so yeah just not yeah it was it was just so peculiar um and funny it was really funny um (laughs) and then the next time you know we, we saved the rest of his ashes so we'd sort of divided them you know for another time and that happened quite a while later and that was changed because of the presence of his grandchildren who who can't take in what's going on yeah, we did it yeah. in 
um, near a cricket ground that he used to come and watch. Um, but the, they, they're too young to be able to understand the sort of the solemnity if yeah. you're trying to find something of that, of the moment. And so equally that became sort of like a stamping match, you know, <laughs> and, and like those two experiences prompted me to think, you know, I think the scattering of the ashes, if we do have any ceremony, is one of the things that remains. Yeah. But even in that, there's no formality, there's no set way of doing things. Um, so we really, really stumble our way through it and it's <laughs> nothing like we think it's going to be. Um, and there's problems of when you do it, where you do it. Can anyone remember who what he wanted? Yeah. Is it for him Is or, or them, you know? And... Yeah, the the play is essentially about that. Is about exploring those those scattered memories mm. that a family is left with in the aftermath, and and trying to fulfil both what they want and what the person who's died wants. Yeah, um, it's so and, and tricky. And you know, isn't mixing it? the ages, yeah, you know, yeah. people who feel differently and reacting differently to the grief. It's an exploration of that, really. But but certainly is infused with the. Um, the comedy that <laughs> happens in those moments. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm trying to think if someone's given me a um, a graceful scattering of ashes story. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was yeah. like, I can't think of what ours was. Yeah, equally very comical, and I think was it? Oh, I think I've said this on the show before. So we scattered his ashes in in Wales. He was Welsh, yeah. and we went back to this sort of place near where he grew up. And, uh, <laughs> oh God, so it's me, my mum, my brother. I think he was in an ice cream tub, you know. And oh, then, you, so I think the trouble is with ashes is you, everyone's quite uptight, not uptight, but you're like, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do this thing. So you're a bit worried, like, oh, how am I going to be? Like, is this upsetting? But you haven't thought of the actual action of tipping something. You haven't thought about that. You just thought, we're yeah. going to... Because the word scattered is lovely. Oh, I'm going to scatter oh, his ashes. Lovely. You're imagining sort of a vicar just throwing them elegantly into, into like, <laughs> the sea, and it sounds, it sounds beautiful. But you have to tip a lot of somebody, and it's a lot. And yet it was really windy in Wales, obviously, and pissing it down. And my mum sort of <laughs> scattered it, <laughs> a bit flew back and went in my eye. Alan Big Lebowski and I was like they were kind of solemn and I was like guys it's no it's really no it's like really in my eye like it's like really (laughs) and then my mum and brother were like looking at me like is she upset about it and I started laughing I was like no no this is beyond and you know you've really got something it's like it's it's quite painful actually (laughs) and then eventually I got it out and I was like oh god (laughs) like everything about it was just so real you know like so real like no glamour no kind of you know writerly filmness televisionness that Mm, kind of mm. no cut to them walking away beautifully just like no no there's no cut to we're still here this is still happening and yeah Yeah. i think the i don't know anyone who's told me something really graceful story and often people want to get scattered in the sea and that's actually quite difficult because they don't all go in the sea straight away they kind of fly around a bit and yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, it's hard. And even though I sure. think cremation is, is lovely, when I, I've, you know, if you go to a burial, you're like, it's, it's like simple about that, isn't it? They're just all in, it's mm. done. <laughs> like that's, that is the ritual. And there, yeah, there isn't sort of a ritual for scattering ashes, I guess. I don't think so. Do you know, I think, I think you're right. And I think, 
part of the thing I th- often think is the lack of physicality yeah. in like our secular culture yeah. is is really a shame because you know my girlfriend's side of the family are quite religious and and when they have had funerals there's always a tradition of singing at the graveside wow. and the family dig the grave right yeah 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 and it's such a I, I don't want to appropriate or, you know, kind of um, explore something I'm not necessarily entirely connected to, but, like, there's something about the fact that you're physically doing yeah. something that feels um, connected. I mean, you know, if you're exploring that relationship between the body and the spirit, yeah. which I think, you know, even if you are totally uh, a devout atheist, you something about death makes you desire to explore that mm. relationship you know and there's something just about doing something physical which i think i don't know it connects you somehow but it's obviously come back to what we're saying of like that energy of needing to do something <clears throat> like yeah. if you dig a grave Definitely. that's that energy it's like i You're did something. something i've done something i did this for you yeah. and that's connected to your death whereas i think what we have to deal with now like you said is like phone calls to a registrar or like ringing up a bank and it all mm. seems so disconnected from them and their yeah. dead body. You're like, what's this got to do with, you know, the fact that I've just watched a person stop breathing? <laughs> like, oh, is yeah. that HSBC? Yeah, okay, so there's quite oh, a few accounts. Gosh. And it's like, yeah, it does seem so... You said it's not... Yeah, that I really understand what you mean, that physicality of, like, digging something or doing something connected to their death mm. feels helpful, useful. I think that's the thing is you don't mm. feel very useful, do you? You feel really useless... And so anything that makes you feel useful. And the singing, I'm such a, I've said it before on the show, people should plan now. If you have good singers, they need to come to the funeral. You need to tell them now because there is nothing worse than, and again, I'm using this very like flippantly, but like English people who haven't been to church for 20 years (laughs) trying to sing hymns they don't know. Like that makes a funeral sad. Like you want like, you know, Welsh people are really good getting involved, singing straight away. Like you want, yeah. you need people who are going to like be comfortable with belt. Yeah, belt and be comfortable with celebrating something that is sad. And I think, like you said, mm. we're so far removed from it now that like often when people go to a church service or crematorium, like that's the first time they've been in that kind of institution maybe all their life or like in 10, 15, 20 years time. So everyone mm. feels very like, oh, I don't know how to behave in this. And that's what rituals give you. They give you this code of like, you just have to do this and it's um it's funny yeah my husband is a devout atheist and we went to a wedding and I was brought up like Church of England you know not particularly religious and we went to a Catholic wedding but there was bits in it that I recognized I was like oh yeah and I was standing up at the right and I've never seen him so he was so confused and he was like how do you all know why is everyone standing up at the same time what did you and I was like oh you Obviously, it's fine, you're raised atheist, but I was like, oh, I see, there's all this, like, like a hidden language that he had yeah. no idea what was going on at all. Absolutely no idea. Um, I mean, you know, when, equally, if we went to, like, a Communist Party manifesto meeting, he'd be way more up on board than I would be because his parents were, like, very, very, very hardcore left wing. Um, <laughs> so you learn different rituals is what I mean. But, yeah, um, mm. I do think they're such good handholds, aren't they, for this, for what is a very confusing yeah. situation. So if you can have that, I think it does help. And again, I'm the same as you. Like, I haven't been in that situation where that was what was given to me. And I've spoken to people who are religious who've said, well, it was quite constraining or I felt like if I didn't hit those 
rituals if I didn't do them then I was doing it wrong I see so you're like okay. being given this code or people were like it was yeah. too much suddenly everyone's around the house and you That's don't true. want them around the house you want some peace okay <laughs> so it's hard you know yeah. there's no right but I think you're right in that kind of vaguely secular way is missing some kind of structure to it Mm. I mean, having this conversation is really making me reflect on whether it's just my desire to have that, that actually there is no good way yeah, of yeah. going about it. And that I've thought for so long, oh, if only I'd had that, <laughs> yeah. then, I, then, I, then I would have really known how to grieve. Yeah. Then I would have, you know, da, da, da. but like, actually whatever happens it's 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 hard which i'm sure is true as well yeah and it wasn't really i spoke i i think i spoke to someone at a grief class live and she was saying that her religion had a set amount of days to grieve and after that you expected to not grieve and i was like oh that's hard and she was like yeah so she was like my family are expecting me at the moment to kind of not talk about it it's done we've we've done all the rituals we've done all the ceremonies it's done and i was and that was the first time i was like oh yeah, that's hard, isn't it? Because <laughs> I had been similar to you of like, but it would be nice if we'd had this thing. And and you're right, you come back to, it's just hard. It's just a hard mm. thing. And sometimes these things are great. And sometimes they're, I mean, that's why we have tea. Like you said, that's why th- this this thing of make a cup of tea exists because yeah. we don't have anything else, but we all know how yeah. to do that. And you can say yeah. someone put the kettle on and you're like, yes, we can all do that. That's something we yeah. can all do because we don't, yeah, yeah. you know, we can't start doing anything religious particularly. Karen, did your did you ever speak to your dad about what he did for his dad, or or you know um, how he dealt dealt with grief? Well, no. Funny enough, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Obviously, it's funny because I'm a comedian. To me, it's funny. It's quite sad. Um, my dad died before his mum and his dad. Oh my gosh! So, I'm so sorry. Da- yeah, you know, that's okay. And so, my grandfather died six months after him pretty much Mm. of a broken heart and my dad was actually quite shit with grief (laughs) so my mum's parents died a few years before um he did quite Mm. in in very quick succession it was very you know they were old but it was still obviously very hard and my dad was my mum said like he was really rubbish he was like oh come on you know six months let's get on with it and my mum was like my parents just died (laughs) it was a bit and I think it's so funny that I am now so obsessed with grief I do this show and I read books about grief and I'm writing about grief Mm. and I keep thinking yeah he was probably one of the worst people about it (laughs) because he just hadn't really I don't think he'd had any like massive losses so Mm. he was and he was very like a kind of um full of energy like just drive through it get through it keep going be positive you'll be fine like that was his his vibe so when my mm. mum was grieving he just found it really difficult because he was like well they're dead what do you do come on move on let's let's keep going which obviously is like the worst <laughs> way to deal with it <laughs> i remember saying that to my mum i was like oh was dad good after you you know granny and granddad died she was like no it's absolutely awful <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah i don't i don't know i feel, i think he would have been quite rubbish but is that something you didn't get to talk to your dad about? Well, part of the play in, at the end, when they're scattering the ashes, there's a character, Laura, who's his daughter. And instead of making a speech about him, she asks the questions she would have liked oh, answered yeah. of him. And one of those is, did you speak at your, your father's funeral? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know whether the character maybe feels guilt that she didn't. or, And I think that... Um, it relates to not only the desire to do something that um, you know is is practical or, mm. or, or ceremonial, 
after someone died. But I had this strange sense of wanting to know what he'd done and how yeah. people before me have grieved, you know. And so, so that you are continuing some kind of, um, there is some kind of consistency or legacy. I don't know what, how to put it, but that that you feel as if in honouring their death, mm. you're honouring how they dealt with death. And that continues back and back and back and back. Um, Did you speak at his funeral? I didn't speak at his funeral, but we had a memorial service, um, which was much later. And I spent a long time, you know, on my speech for that. So, yeah, I did. Yeah, for, yeah. For his memorial, so I'm glad that I did. Uh, yeah, and so I guess you... Yeah, did he ever speak about death to you? Or his parents' death? Oh, yeah. Death? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, catastrophize. <laughs> <laughs> he spoke about death you know he spoke he spoke about he was so so close with his dad right you know incredibly close and he did speak he, he was a peculiar mixture my dad because he was he loved England and was very English in so many ways but he had none of the sort of stiff upper lip you know that we associate with yeah. Brits he was so emotionally like turbulent you know he, he he could be anything he was loving and he was raging he was you know really really and it could turn in an instant um and I'm really glad of that because it means that when people talk about uh you know having that you know often with fathers isn't mm. it that emotional disconnect or particularly we didn't we didn't speak about certain things that might have been difficult like death I had none of that experience we were very um uh emotionally intimate and and he would speak about his own death (laughs) you know fine He, he wouldn't mind um talking about that and and I think that's part of the reason that I feel now four years on only my own sadness rather than his sadness because he was so open about the fact that he he didn't want to go on and on and on and he didn't want you know he he um he didn't like being old you know he he there's there's a line in the play which is getting old is ghastly which my dad always used to say so yeah I'm I'm really grateful to reflect on that that there's I don't feel like there were many stones left unturned yeah. in term, uh, um in terms of those kind of conversations I'd I'd still love to hear more stories about him as a young man and him more stories about him but um that is something I'm grateful for yeah that's amazing that he was that open with you I think that's really yeah helpful like you said I think that's helpful because when someone dies of course it's sad and awful and and the beginning is awful but if you can Mm -hmm. as you said four years on think okay I knew he wouldn't want you know I knew he was had was aware of it had processed it. it wasn't like oh, it's the most terrifying thing that could ever happen to me, you know? Like, I think that's... Yeah. Having those conversations is so important. And Definitely. It's so weird, isn't it? Like, I mean, I say this a lot, like, just those questions, you know, those questions that you have, like, just ask mm. them. Just ask them. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you never know when you need the answer. And sometimes it's hard. I really get that. Like, I, you know it's not always easy to start a conversation, especially with a parent of like, so when you die, (laughs) what do you want? But I just know from my, my dad sort of refused to talk about it. And when he was dying and he just couldn't accept it, which now 
I'm much more sympathetic. I can understand, like, you know, he's 44 and he had cancer, he had two kids. Like, yeah. of course you're not feeling like this is fine. Um, but at the time we were like, you know, again, the scattering of his ashes was a real, like, is this what he wanted? Like, we just didn't yeah. know. He'd said a few things that were just like, definitely said to shut us up. <laughs> like, oh, just do that with it. We were like, you don't mean that. <laughs> so again, you're like, well, he did say that, but we don't believe him. <laughs> so mm. it's this, yeah, difficult. And to have those, to have those conversations, and it's funny, I mean, you're describing like that emotion, like you said, not being stiff up a lip is, is, my dad was similar. Like, I always thought he was kind of weirdly American in his viewpoint. It's very emotional, right. you know, which I guess you would describe as, Amer- you know, oh, very American, kind of self-helpy, but would talk about lots of things. So I think even though I don't have all the answers, I definitely have some of the answers and that's that's helpful. But yeah, to have these conversations beforehand, it, is, it, it might be awkward now, I guess. It's a morbid thing to think, which I'm sure your father would mm. appreciate. Like it might be awkward now, <laughs> but if someone dies, like you said, in four years time, that's quite helpful. That's quite, a, you know, yeah. once the, everything's settled, the dust settled and you can kind of come back to those conversations and think, well, we did talk about death and I did know they didn't like yeah. being old and I did know that they were aware, like you sort of look for things later on, don't you? Definitely. What about um, tributes to the person who's gone? Because I, f- I felt so sad, and, and I, you've touched on this, about how I would have loved to have shared what I'd written as a speech for him, for his memorial. Yeah. And so the, the, my tribute to him, if you like, mm. um, and all the things that, you know... Um, I would have loved to have shared what I wrote, you know. Mm. It's so um, hard, isn't it? Because I guess, like we're saying, like we said earlier, like you don't share those things until someone dies. Like the really, yeah, because yeah. because also, but how can how can you? It would be I a know, bit strange. So, like your dad probably would have been that's like, the thing. "Oh right." <laughs> like, <laughs> it would be weird. Yeah. But so I suppose there's nothing to regret there. Well, I don't know if it's we nothing. Can't. I think it's important, like that feet, like to acknowledge that feeling that you just there's all these things you like how important someone is that's really what it is isn't it that you want to know and trust they knew how important they were and how much you appreciated them like and then sometimes like you obviously got to say that in the speech this person was everything they were amazing i love them yeah and like you said you you worked on it and you had time to sort of eloquently put that and it's yeah. it's hard that they didn't get to hear the like the really good ver- like you're like hang on I've had time and I thought about it here it is you know whereas often yeah, what we say yeah. to each other is like oh you know I love you okay anyway bye like <laughs> I know it's, it's funny it's it's that journey from being generalized you yeah. know like in the in the immediate aftermath it's very generalized the way that people talk about people mm. you know it's like oh what a great da da and it's and it's actually it's none of it's very close to the truth it's only the time later that you can get specific about what that person was like yeah uh you know their strengths their flaws their uh that's 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 odd isn't it you 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 can't have that insight i don't think really when you're with them or in the immediate aftermath but it takes time to really understand who that person was you know and yeah it does it takes time and i think especially in that parental relationship and i think someone said this the other day maybe Oh, maybe it was Jeff Norcott. This week's episode, actually, he was saying, like, until someone dies, you, you're you still in relationship to them. Right. So you you can't kind of go, okay, job finished. 
this is what I feel <laughs> because you're, yeah, it's yeah. still ongoing and there's all this stuff still happening and after they've died you can look back and go oh wow what was that what happened who were you what did it mean and like you said and sometimes you come to the conclusion that oh that wasn't great or sometimes you're like wow you were amazing and I it's hard to say that when you're still in relationship to them as in they're still alive because <laughs> um, yeah. of course you're still in relationship to them while they're dead that's just slightly different um, and yeah it's yeah, I think it's sad. It is sad that you didn't get to say that. You know, I think that's okay. It's okay. There's no, you know what I mean. Rather than like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not something because it's just a thing. It's just grief. It's just like it's just a thing. It's just a thing. It's just a fact. And I think sometimes we we try and make the facts make sense. They don't. Mm. It's like people die and bodies stop working and so we try and like make sense of that and it's like it doesn't really make sense it's just odd isn't it that's what happens <laughs> and you yeah, and, it, and it's yeah. hard to say things to people like you said in a big list but I suppose what what is it that still pains you like do you feel like he didn't know or do you feel like you just you had the chance to really yeah I think just the chance yeah to... I think so it's funny, we were, we were so, we were really different. We had like, um, because I was an own, only child, you know, from him and my mum, and my mum and him never lived together really, we had a very one-on-one -on -one relationship, yeah, if you yeah. see what I mean, that really grew into like a proper friendship. So yeah, I always felt like, it's funny, as you, you, you touched on it before about... I had the relationship of father-son, but then there were other people who had certain other things. But I felt like I had a really unique... That was a unique one mm. about father-son because it was just us most of the time yeah, yeah. when we were together. And, yeah, we just really enjoyed each other's company. I mean, we, we had blazing rows. Most of the time, we'd see each other. He was... Uh, he lived quite a frugal life, <laughs> my dad, you know. Like, he really didn't change anything in his house... And, you know, ate, like, the most ridiculous... It was always ready meals. <laughs> he just couldn't... He just couldn't cook at all. Um, and by contrast, I suppose, I lived far more opulent lifestyle in comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet... And yet, I was, you know, and am, um, uh, like, diehard socialist. And my dad was conservative small c. So we used to, like, just have these enormous political rows, which I think we both quite enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he'd take the, take the piss out of me going off and wearing my Marxist coat, you know, <laughs> he'd say. Um, uh, but, but, like, it was out of that, I think, I think that, that showed what... Uh, I guess it was like a friendship, it really mm. was. Um, so I, I don't know whether that has any particular influence on why I want to wanted to be able to share my tribute you know yeah um yeah i think it's just it's just hard it's just sad when you you clearly love loved him love him and he clearly loved mm. you like you get that sense from talking to you of like it was a good relationship and it was full of love and yeah. you can tell when people talk about it that it was happy and like you said, happy doesn't, I don't mean like, oh, we were always loving and we skipped along. It's no, like, not that's not what happy means. Like, and I think with parents as well, like that relationship's so complicated that if you can walk away from it being like, yeah, we were friends or we got each other and it, that was like, that's really, really precious. And yeah, yeah so it's okay to miss that. <laughs> to just be like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was great. I miss it. That was a really wonderful thing. 
and to have that sadness and that's what it's taken me years years and years to just go all those things can exist at the same time like i can be okay that they're dead i can miss them i can wish they were still here i can be pissed off that they didn't get to see that and i can be sad like and actually that's all those things can just sit there and it's okay they don't have not one of them is not more important one of them doesn't define it one doesn't go this is the thing this is what it meant like it will change it just is the grief and it just keeps sort of moving around but that's taken me a long time so yeah yeah. you know four years in i think if you can even consider like oh we were you know i just miss him that's sad like that's really impressive and just (laughs) want him to hear that tribute i think that's you know that's fair enough but I think he'd be extraordinarily proud of you. The fact that you, the fact that you had stuff to say, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. Some, there's some relationships where you're like, like, do you want to do a tribute? And the son would be like, <laughs> no, <"Nah>, you're right. <laughs> you had a list, you had more than one thing, you know? I think that's real, like a tribute, yeah. that's a tribute to you and him, both putting in that time and making that relationship work. Cause that isn't, you know, it isn't a one way street. It, both people have to be willing to, to do that and want to do that. So yeah, you know, yeah, I think that's that's really special. Mm. Well, Angus, thank you so much for talking to me. It was really, oh, really lovely. It's been so nice, Karen. I hope thank it was okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> I always feel great. bad. People are like, it's like, do you want to come to my show and then cry, like, <laughs> and like dig up <laughs> things that maybe you didn't want to think about today? So yeah, I'm. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And he sounds like such a lovely dad. He sounds like he was a a good one. He was a good bloke. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me about your dad, Benjamin. It was so nice to be here. Thanks for having me, Carriad. Angus's play, Homeward Bound, is available to download from the 4th of June for £5 from the Creation Theatre website. That's www.creationtheatre.co.uk. That's C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N, theatre.co.uk. As I said, it's a beautiful play um, that Angus stars in, uh, as well as some other Archer's actors, and about a sort of heartwarming and light-hearted drama about a brother and sister trying to scatter their father's ashes. And they will send you a downloadable link um, with I think a password to listen to it on a phone or other device as well as illustrations by Lucy Jollo as well that you can look at as you're listening to the play Um, and that is available to download from the 4th of June you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast the show is recorded remotely Um, I think Angus was in Wales I was in my living room the show is edited by Kate Holland music provided by the Glue Ensemble and remember you are not alone What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.